Welcome to The Clappers. I'm Carl Quinn, and in this special episode, I'm chatting to Scott Ryan, the creator and star of Mr. In Between, the six-part crime comedy drama that has been getting rave reviews around the world since its debut at Sundance in January. It's been a pay TV hit locally too, since it began airing on Showcase last month, and it has just picked up four nominations in the Actors, the Australian Academy Awards, for Best Drama Series, Best Lead Actor in a Television Drama for Ryan, Best Director in a Television Drama or Comedy for Nash Edgerton, brother of Joel, and Best Screenplay in Television, also for Ryan. I first met Scott Ryan in 2005, when his debut feature film The Magician got a blink and you'll miss it cinema release. I was sure this smart, funny, dry-as-a-bone writer-actor-director was going places, and so was he. But until the FX network in the States commissioned Mr. In-Between two years ago, Ryan's career was going absolutely nowhere. FX recently commissioned a second season, and finally, Scott Ryan seems to be on his way. This interview, though, was recorded just before the series went to air, and if Ryan seems a little reluctant to start counting his chickens just yet, I suspect you'll soon discover he has plenty of reason for that. I started the interview by asking him where the character of Ray Shoesmith, the hitman at the heart of both The Magician and Mr. In-Between, came from. Well, the first book that I read was, not the first book that I ever read, but the first book I read about hitmen was called Contract Killer. It's about an American guy who was in jail at the time and he'd written this with, you know, like a ghostwriter or whatever. And um, that was the... That, that was the that was the kind of the thing that planted the seed in my head about this guy. Um, then I read other books about hitmen, um, all biographies, no, no fictional stuff. And uh, I just thought, geez, he's really, these really interesting guys. There was one guy called Joey, um, and he wrote a couple of books. And he was in the army at one point. Was decorated for bravery, saved somebody's life. Uh, and you know, I'd watch you watch all the hitman movies and stuff, and they're like these. They're either guys who are you know psychopaths, or they're guys who are just doing one last hit. And I think the whole one, one last hit is like, uh, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he's going, he's trying to be a good guy. You know what I mean? And I definitely didn't want to do that. Mm. I wanted to, to to explore what he does, but make him try to make him likeable um, at the same time so the obvious question there is why why did you want to make somebody who does something that is uh, objectively and for most people you'd say a bad thing why Mm. did you want to make such a character somebody that you liked or felt empathy for well one of the one of the reasons I think is that the I guess hypocrisy is the right word um you look at society, I mean, look at, uh, you know, look at soldiers these days. I mean, how many times have soldiers from this country, other countries, gone to war, laid their lives on the line for financial gain, for oil, for corporations? So what is the difference between a person who does that for a living, a soldier, who really is sometimes used as nothing more than a mercenary and what's the difference between them and this guy Mm. he kills for private industry plenty of soldiers kill for private industry of course they think they're killing for country Mm. um, but they're not really Um, this is just a guy who you know he used to be in the army he used to kill for a living paid to do it 
Now he comes back here and he just does the same thing. Somebody says, "Hey, go kill that guy over there." He goes, "Okay, sure." Nothing personal. He's got to, you know, he's got to make a living. So, when did you start reading these books? Oh, that would have been probably late, late nineties. Mm. Mm. So you first gave um, form to mm-hmm. Ray mm-hmm. in your film *The Magician*, yep. which grew out of a student project, right? Well, it actually was. Yeah, it was a student project. It was a, it was a shot at films while I was at film school with guys who were in my class at film school. Mm-hmm. Uh, funded myself three thousand um, dollars. Yeah, basically, it's nothing more than a student film. Mm. When I agreed to make this documentary, I agreed on one condition. The condition, the condition was the public would only get to see this film if I was dead. Tony, pretty must have a word too. Get the fucking car over there, the gold car. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Can't put them on. So if you're seeing this now, basically means that, you know, I'm no longer with us, sort of thing. When did you start making it? About uh, no, about 2000. 2000, Yeah, okay. and I shot some, it was about 10 days shooting overall, but it was staggered over probably a two-year period. Mm-hmm. You know, I shot some, and then I thought I'd finished it, and then I kind of looked at it and I went, yeah, no, there's something missing here. There needs another storyline. So I went and shot another storyline and put that in there. Mm. So it was released in 05, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, 05 in Australia, 06 in the UK, and I think 07 in um, the States. It got a very limited release. So I interviewed you in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film didn't get wide distribution, but the people who saw it seemed to like it. Yep. Got pretty critical responses, yep. my, my yep. recollection. Yep. It looked like you were off to a flyer. Yep. So what happened? <laughs> well, this is, this is the interesting part of the story. Um, look, I had... Uh, we developed this show with SBS for a fair while. That started about... Oh, I'm not sure, maybe 07 that was, mm-hmm. I think, in about there. And we developed it with them and they really liked it and then they got cold feet. And then I went to the States to do a film that, um, to act in a film that fell over at the last minute. Can you tell, tell me anything about that? Yeah, that was a film called Hesher and I was going to play the title role of Hesher in... Uh, in an American film with Natalie Portman and a few other people, right. and so yeah, it was a big. It so was, who a, it was a, to direct that. Uh, Spencer Susser, who is actually a friend of Nash Edgerton's. Okay, right. Um, and I think he wrote it with Dave Michaud. Dave Michaud right. is also right. a friend of Nash's. And I think, if I, 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 yeah, I think that um, they had seen me. I know Spencer had seen me, and I know Dave had seen me in The Magician. And I think that was where the idea... I think they wrote it with me in mind. I'm not exactly sure on that, but I think they did. And what sort of character was he? Oh, he was a bit of a sort of a stoner, and he kind of lived in his van, and he was into sort of, you know, Metallica and that sort of stuff. But he wasn't um, a No, definitely not a hitman. <laughs> and, um, well, not... Well, yeah. mate, I'll have another hit. Man. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit of the bomb. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, interesting character, interesting script, and... Uh, but that sort of fell over. Uh, one of the big names in the in the in the film pulled out like a day before we were supposed to start shooting. Oh, 
And uh, I was like, okay, well, you know. Uh, Maybe you this know, isn't happening. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I missed my girlfriend at the time, you know, I just wanted to get home. I'm like, dude, you know. And, um, I mean, okay, so, dude, I want to go home. Mm. Were you thinking, this one doesn't work out, there'll be another one before you know it? Yeah, we had a, we still had the, we still had Mr. In Between, sort of, we had interest in that. And it was called Mr. In Between? No, it was called The Magician at that point. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, we had interest from a, a cable network, uh, and this is to go with that sort of story. Um, and they, you know, were interested, but not with me as um, director. I said, fine. Um, so he asked Nash. He said, yeah, sure, because he loved the film. He was great so supporter. Just, just to backtrack a little, yeah. Nash had come on board late in the story of Mr. Magician as a feature film yep. to help get it produced, to get it to the sort of big screen yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, um, yeah, and then they were like, uh, yeah, we don't want you to act in it either. And I'm like, oh, come on. Uh, really? Have you seen the film? You don't like it? No, we saw the film. Did you not like my performance? No, we thought it was great. So what's the problem? I don't know. But anyway, so... Uh, so, so can we name names there? Who are we talking about? This thing? Oh, I don't think we can, because okay. we might get sued, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but know. this was a TV network? A uh, cable network. Cable was network. The, uh, they're like, oh, you know, we don't really want to do a crime thing and... And uh, we're like, okay, sure, you know. And that's when I went off to the States to do Hesha. Um, and then, you know, a year or so later, they I was watching their channel and there was a show that was very, very similar to, to, to mine. So, I mean, when you looked at it, did you go, gosh, they've been inspired by it? Or did you think they've really taken uh, a lot from it? No, I think they basically just took the central premise. Right. I mean, they, they took the central idea, and, yeah. and that's all they stole. Which is kind of the domestic life of, of a... Yeah, of a criminal. Nice criminal figure, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there are a few similarities, but it was, you know, it wasn't similar. And I guess that the glaring difference between the two is, you know, Mr. Inbetween is a good show, and this was a pile of shit. And it was a pleasure to actually sit and watch it how bad it was did know? you feel better with each passing minute yeah the more I saw because I mean that's the thing you don't want to watch it and go oh my god it's better than what I wrote you know and that's you know and that guy playing what is essentially me my part is so much better than me and all this sort of stuff but it was you know it was poorly written and badly directed so I went off to do Hesher and then that fell over and then I came back and then we had a, um, I think yeah, after that, we had a deal with HBO, pilot deal with HBO for the Seriously? show. Yeah, with Rough House, which was Danny McBride's production company. Yeah. So they fly me over and we go into HBO, how you going, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 let's go, let's do a pilot. Okay, sure, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this, this time there were problems with uh, our team, um, you know, the producer who owned the rights to the show had basically given up on the show. Like, she tried really hard to get it made but couldn't and had basically given up and wasn't returning my phone calls. Meanwhile, Nash is in the States, you know, showing it to people, got interest, mm. said, come over. I went over, had a meeting, got a deal. The, the, the producer who had the rights had tried to get a deal at HBO and they wouldn't even let her in the door. 
Uh, Roughhouse really wanted to work with Nash. Roughhouse really want, and HBO really wanted to work with Nash too, which was what helped helped us get that deal on the table. Yeah. And then, of course, when she found out about it, she kind of came in and thought that you know she should be, uh, you know, because she had the rights but it had nothing to do with the deal. Kind of came in like like she set the whole thing up, if you know right. what I mean, yeah. and wanted this and wanted that and all that sort of stuff and wanted too much. So she put people's noses out? Yeah, she put people's noses out of joint. Um, and I thought that, you know, she was a... I actually thought she was a friend of mine. And um, so I kind of went into bat for her. Yeah. And they said no, you know, and I gave them an ultimatum basically that, you know, she should get looked after. Um uh, but they wouldn't buy it. And at that point, I'd had enough of being uh, screwed. And I just I just stopped. I stopped writing. Not, I didn't make a conscious decision, yeah. but I think just something in me just said, look, mate, you're 40-odd um, you're years of age. You're not making any money. Time to, you know, it's been... I mean, I started writing plays when I was nine, so it's been... <laughs> 31 odd years yeah. you're giving it a good crack mate yeah. so it's time to maybe go get a normal job yeah. become an adult etc etc so what did you do? delivered pizzas for right. a start yeah. uh, then got my taxi licence and drove taxis for, for a few years you're talking in Melbourne here? Or? no that was actually in a Chuka in a small town called right. Chuka where I was living yeah. um and did that, and then one day Nash called me up and said, mate, FX wants to make the show. When he said that they wanted to make it, I just had this feeling of dread because, <laughs> because I'd had so many bad experiences <laughs> that I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go again. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, that, it's that thing. It's like, if you want this, you got to take this with it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. like a, it's like a shit sandwich. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and also the fact, that, you know, what really bothered me about it was the acting thing. I mean, I hadn't acted professionally and all that sort of stuff. And, act, you know, and I was like, oh, gee. I'm... So just to be clear, at, at this point, your only on-screen role is in The Magician. Yeah, which was a student film with yeah. no crew. It's the first, I think it's the first and only ever crewless feature film. Yeah, right. Because the cameraman was the guy that was acting in it. Yeah. So it was, there was no crew. There was nobody standing watching or anything like that. Everybody was involved. Um, I knew everybody, no professional actors. So this was a completely different kettle of fish. Mm. So, um, yeah, that, that, that worried me. And on the first day of set, it was quite... I had a bit of a panic attack when I got to set. Cause, Did you? Uh, yeah, there was like 50 people standing around and trucks and gear. And, and I'd never done it like this before. Yeah. And I'd never been directed before by somebody. And, um, yeah, I thought, hmm... Where's the dunnies? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Drop the kids off at the pool and uh, just and uh, pulled myself together and went, fuck, is it too late to just sneak out of here? And so, oh, <laughs> will fuck. they notice I'm gone? Yeah, will they, will they notice if I just fuck off? And then I'm like, oh, no, I can't. i got to do it. i got to do it. So, bang. And, you know, luckily, you know, I look at that scene and um, that first scene we shot and I can't even tell that I was, you know, I look very calm. I look like. Which scene I'm, was it? It was the scene where Ray and Ali go shopping for underwear. Yeah, right. That was your first scene. That was the first scene, and you. That's, that's a nerve wracking moment in any man's uh, life. Well, yeah. On screen or off. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking for looking for ladies' undies. <laughs> um, so, had you met Brooke by that stage? I such well. I hadn't met her before this. Like, I knew of her on Neighbours and stuff, and and seen her in a thing called Black Comedy. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that thing she did in Black Comedy. Yeah. I thought, oh yeah, okay, right. And uh, yeah, she came in and she just just nailed it basically yeah. and it was like yeah well yeah no, I mean, we can stop looking so you had to have your uh, your first <coughs> on screen kiss with yeah them. and How i didn't i didn't know it was coming <laughs> did it you wasn't, read the script you wrote <laughs> yeah but it wasn't in the script it wasn't in the script there was a scene where we kissed but that was supposed to be later so there was not there was not supposed to be this scene but nash sort of took her aside and said um you know how about you know when you you know when he gives you the present or whatever it was, you, uh, you know, give him a kiss. And this didn't actually end up in the show, this scene. Uh, but, yeah, she just basically just went straight for me. <laughs> Some people would be quite happy about that, you know, being uh, <laughs> taken by surprise by Brooke Satchwell. Well, look, I'd, you know, I would have been happy to be taken by surprise by Brooke Satchwell, but not with 40 blokes standing in the room with cameras filming me and watching me do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the problem. My name is Ray. I'm 40. Got a kid, divorced. Do you think that you've got an anger problem? No. Okay. Birds flying high. You know how I feel. So if you're in jail and you disrespect somebody, sun in the sky, you can end up dead. You know how I feel. There's consequences, but out here in the real world, why don't you watch where you're going, eh? What was that? There's no consequences. And I'm feeling because people let them get away with it. You right, old man? Do you enjoy hitting people? I wouldn't say I enjoy hitting people. Now she ends up with you. She must be desperate. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty big on respect. You know if you don't, we got a problem. So in your mind, you've done society a favour. And I'm feeling Yeah. <laughs> so you've got season one in the can yeah uh, does, does it feel like the, the, the weight is lifted um yeah I I can't sort of say that it, it that it has yet it's kind of one of those things that we've got to wait and you know after the magician came out I thought right that's it sweet yeah cool I've got a career now yeah you know, it's all going to happen and it's all gravy and I don't have to worry anymore and do shitty jobs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. A couple of years later, I'm delivering fucking pizzas and I'm cleaning up people's spew in the back of a cab. So there's part of me that's like, you know, I don't, I just can't let myself relax yeah. and go and really enjoy it and go, oh, yeah, you know, it's all, it's all easy from here because, you know, I know, like, nobody does or very few people do that, you know, you can be up one minute and you can be, you know, cleaning up, spew the next. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, assuming that the response is good and 
having seen the entire season, six episodes, I have I would say that it's likely to be good. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think um, so. And I presume you've had test audiences and all that sort of stuff. Well, not test audiences, but you know, we had it at Sundance and we've had a few sort of screenings, and it's very good. And everybody that's seen it, you know, has been really enthusiastic about it. You know, critics that have seen it, um, everybody at FX. I mean, I think I think the fact that you know they've picked up an Australian show to premiere mm. on an American cable network, a yep. major one like FX. I think that speaks volumes about how they feel about it and how they think it will do. And I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody recently about it, you know, like Crocodile Dundee, for example. I mean, you know, that's Auss- as Aussie as you can get and very, very successful over there in the States. Mm. So they love the Aussie accent. People over there absolutely love the Aussie accent. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Mm. So, assuming it goes well, mm. plans from here? What, what are you... Well, we're developing a second season now. Um, you know, they'll wait till it comes out to see whether they really want to, you know, commission a second season. Mm. So we're just kind of waiting, and um, you know, I'm kind of I've got a couple of scripts sitting around and a few other ideas. I've got a doco I want to make, and you know, I've got possibly possibly another TV show. Um, to act in as well. Um, not sure, not sure yet. Just kind of, just kind of having to think about it at the moment. Just, mm. just it's pretty early stages, but there might be some. I don't want to say too much about it because I might, you know, in three mm. months go, I oh, know it's going to be a pile of shit. I won't, I won't do it. So, but there's that. So, uh, you know, I got some feature scripts as well kicking around that have been kicking around for a long time that I wouldn't mind doing. You know, probably write, direct, and act in or something like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's probably a good time to. You know, put a few irons in the fire, you know, because um, everything can change rapidly. You know? <laughs> well, Scott Ryan is hoping that we don't have to wait another uh, 14 years to see your yeah, next yeah. body of work. I apologise. I apologise for the wait. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of pleasure.